0: So I'm going to read first in English, then I'll read in Spanish, and we'll start with verse 2. Voy leer primero en inglés. This is what it says. Hear this, you elders. Listen, all who live in the land. Has anything like this happened in your days or in the days of your forefathers? Tell it to your children, and let your children tell it to their children and their children to the next generation. What the locust swarm has left, the great locusts have eaten. What the great locusts have left, the young locusts have eaten. What the young locusts have left, other locusts have eaten. Oigan esto, ancianos del pueblo, presten atención, habitantes todos del país. ¿Alguna vez sucedió cosa semejante en sus tiempos y en los de sus antepasados? Cuéntenselo a sus hijos y que ellos se lo cuenten a los suyos y a estos a la siguiente generación. Lo que dejaron las langosas grandes, lo devoraron las langosas pequeñas. Lo que dejaron las langosas pequeñas, se lo comieron las larvas. Y lo que dejaron las larvas, se lo comieron las orugas. We Go over to verse 14, versículo 14. It says, declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God. And cry out to the Lord. Alas for that day For the day of the Lord is near It will come like destruction from the Almighty Entréguense al ayuno Convoquen a una asamblea solemne Reúnan a los ancianos del pueblo En la casa del Señor su Dios Reúnan a todos los habitantes del país Y clamen al Señor Ay de aquel día, el día del Señor Que ya se aproxima Vendrá como devastación de parte del Todopoderoso so as I, I just said, uh, last week we began this message series looking at the prophet Joel, and we learned that this particular book in the Bible uh, was written to people in the southern kingdom, in the kingdom of Judah. Fue escrito Joel a los del sur, en reino de Judá. And in all likelihood, it was written at a time when the people had just come back after some 70 years of exile. They had been carted off to Babylon because of their sin. Fue después de su deportación a Babilonia. Y estuvieron ahí 70 años. So they've come back into the land, and they've rebuilt some things. they rebuilt the city walls. They've rebuilt the temple of God. Han reconstruido las murallas de Jerusalén y el templo de Dios. But they're struggling to rebuild their lives. It's not easy. Están luchando por reconstruir sus vidas. And it's in the midst of that, in the midst of that struggle to kind of put life back together again that Joel 1.1 says, the word of the Lord came or happened to and through the prophet Joel. Después vino, aconteció la palabra Dios por medio de Joel. In other words, God didn't just speak words through Joel, he did something, God acted, God set about doing some things, Dios no solo habló palabras y Él hizo algo, and so what we have here we said in Joel is not just a spoken word, what we have here is a happening word, esta es una palabra no solo hablada sino activa, so now the question becomes what's exactly happening here? What's going on? What is God doing? ¿Qué está ocurriendo aquí? And we get a clue about that in verse 4, versículo 4, where it says, What the locust swarm has left, the great locusts have eaten. What the great locusts have left, the young locusts have eaten. What the young locusts have left, the other locusts have eaten. Lo que dejaron las langosas grandes, lo devoraron las langosas pequeñas. Lo que dejaron las langosas pequeñas, se lo comieron las larvas. Y lo que dejaron las larvas, se lo comieron las orugas. We have in that verse is the description of a locust infestation. It's a locust invasion. It's una invasión de langostas. Millions of them, billions of them, trillions of them descending upon the whole land of Judah. So millones, mi millones hasta billones de langostas sobre la tierra. In fact, if we look at other translations of this verse uh, in English, we get a little bit better idea, a little bit more of a descriptive picture of what's going on. And For example, the English Standard translation of the Bible, the English Standard Version says this, what the cutting locust has left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust has left, the hopping locust has le- eaten. What the hopping locust has left, the destroying locust has has eaten what it's giving us here is a description of these locusts at all different stages of their development from a larva to a worm to a little tiny hopping locust to a great big adult locust and they're all sweeping through and they're all eating everything in sight son langostas de varias etapas desde larva, uruga hasta las grandes comiendo todo and in verse 2 Joel asks the question Has anything like this ever happened in your days or in the days of your forefathers? ¿Alguna vez sucedió cosas semejantes en sus tiempos en los de sus antepasados? Has anything like this ever happened before in Judah? And the answer has to be, well, yes, of course this has happened before. I mean, locust infestations, locust invasions were very common in the ancient Middle East. Claro que sí ha ocurrido antes. Esto era muy común. And locusts would sweep through every so often in these huge swarms and they would just eat up all the crops. In fact, it still happens today. There was one not too long ago in the Middle East that was really big. In fact, there have been sighted Locust infestations in the Middle East That were 450 square miles in area habido infestaciones de 450 millas cuadradas And in each square mile It is estimated that there can be 160 million locusts Just in one square mile En una milla cuadrada 160 millones de langosas Yes, this has happened before Because this is life In the Middle East Así es la vida But on another level here Joel seems to be suggesting That this particular plague of locusts Is unlike any other ever seen in the land of Judah This one is different Pero esta plaga de es diferente Sugiere jue. In verse 3 he says something interesting He says tell it to your children and let your children tell it to their children, and their children to the next generation. Dice, cuenteselo a sus hijos, y que ellos se lo cuenten a los suyos, y estos a la siguiente generación. You know, that phrase is interesting because there was one story in the history of God's people where they were required to tell it to the next generation. There was one big story where they were supposed to tell it to their children and to their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren and to pass that story on. Había una historia que debían pasar a las generaciones seguidas en Israel. And that story was the story of the Exodus. The story of the Passover, which is found in the book of Exodus. Se trata de la Pascua, el Éxodo. And if you know that story, if you've been told that story, you know as a part of that story, There was a plague of locusts. En esa historia había plaga de langostas. Let's look at Exodus chapter 10, verse 14. If you want to turn there, you can. Otherwise, it's on the screen. Exodus 10, Exodus 10, 14. This is what it says. It says, they, the locusts, invaded all Egypt and settled down in every area of the country in great Numbers And it says this, never before had there been such a plague of locusts, nor will there ever be again. Dice, invadieron todo Egipto y se sentaron asentaron en gran número por todos los rincones del país. Nunca antes hubo semejante plaga de langostas, ni la habrá después. So, as a part of God's plan to set the people free, God sent this dense cloud of locusts upon the land of Egypt. They ate everything in sight. Dios envió una densa nube de langosas en Egipto and this plague was the eighth plague in a series of ten plagues. In other words, this was almost the last plague before the greatest plague of all, the tenth plague, that terrible, awful day when the angel of death descended and killed all the firstborn sons of Egypt and finally, finally Pharaoh let the people go and God delivered his people from slavery. Era la octava plaga antes de la décima que era cuando el ángel de la muerte mató a todos los primogénitos de Egipto. And now, Joel seems to be saying This plague in Judah is somehow connected to that plague in Egypt Esta plaga en Judá está conectada con aquella en Egipto That plague in Egypt that had never been seen before Is somehow connected to this plague in Judah That has never been seen before Aquella plaga que nunca había ocurrido antes como esta Que no ha ocurrido antes that plague of, of locusts that people told their children generation after generation is like this one in Judah. You're going to be telling your children from generation to generation. These two plagues are connected. Estas dos plagas son conectadas. That one was against our enemies. This one's against us. Esta está en contra de nosotros. What's going on here? We see God. Through this plague, Joel is saying, is providing a warning. That eighth plague in Egypt was a warning to the Egyptians. Do something before it's too late. Esa plague in Egipto fue una advertencia. This one's a warning to the people of Judah. Do something before it's too late. So what are they to do? Que Well, if we look at chapter one of Joel one of the interesting things you can do is just go through and list all of the verbs, all of the action commands that you find in chapter one. Hay unos mandatos que Dios les da. Chapter one, verse two. Hear, you elders. Listen, all you who live in the land. Oigan esto, ancianos. Presten atención, habitantes del pueblo. Verse five. Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. wail, you drinkers of wine. Despierten borrachos y lloren. Giman todos entregados al vino. Verse eight, mourn like a virgin in sackcloth, grieving for the husband of her youth. Ocho, himan como virgen vestida de luto por la muerte de su prometido. Verse eleven, despair, you farmers, wail, you vine growers. Segúense también ustedes labradores, himan viñadores. Versículo once. We turn the page. Verse thirteen, 13 Put on sackcloth, O priests, and mourn wail you who minister before the altar Bistánse de duelo y giman sacerdotes lamentense ministros de la edad and finally verse 14 14 declare a holy fast call a sacred assembly summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord entréguense al ayuno convoquen a una asamblea solemne reúnan los ancianos del pueblo en la casa del Señor su Dios y clamen al Señor God is saying, I'm warning you, it's time to respond. El de responder. So why are they to listen? Why are they to pay attention? Why are they to wake up? Why are they to wail? Why are they to put on sackcloth? Why are they to fast? Why are they to go to the temple and cry out to God? ¿Por qué despertarse y, y, y llorar y, y prestar y, y ayunar e ir al templo de Dios y clamar? Why? Verse 15, versículo 15, alas for that day, for the day of the Lord is near, it will come like destruction from the Almighty. Ay de aquel día, el día del Señor que ya se aproxima vendrá como devastación de parte del Todo Poderoso. just as that great plague of locusts in Egypt was a warning that the great day of God's judgment against Egypt the killing of the firstborn was coming was near aquella plaga in Egipto fue advertense que la plaga de Dios de matar todos estaba cerca so this plague in Judah is a warning the day of the Lord is near the day of reckoning the day of judgment the day that will be like a locust swarm, only worse. Está cerca el día del Señor, el día de juicio. Now, this idea or this phrase, the day of the Lord, I want us to remember that. Recuerden esa frase, el día del Señor, because this is a phrase or a theme that keeps popping up in this section of the Bible called the minor prophets. For example, we see it in Amos. Chapter 5, verse 18, Amos Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. ¿Por suspiran por el día del Señor? ¿Qué les servirá ese día? Si va a ser de oscuridad y no de luz. And then there's another place in Obadiah, Obadiah 15. There's just one chapter in Obadiah. Obadiah, verse 15, Abdias 15. The day of the Lord is near for all nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. Porque cercano está el día del Señor contra todas las naciones. Como hiciste, se te hará. And then there's one other example I want to show you from Zephaniah, chapter 1, verse 7, Sophonias 1, 7. Be silent before the sovereign Lord for the day of the Lord is near. Silencio ante el Señor omnipotente porque cercano está el día del Señor. So, the question is, is this a word of challenge or is this a word of comfort? It's a word of challenge, isn't it? It's a word of challenge to the people of Judah. Es una palabra de reto a los de Judá. The day of the Lord is near. There's going to be a judgment day. There's going to be a reckoning. Hay un día para rendir cuentas, un día de juicio. Now, the question that I think it's appropriate to pause and ask at this point is, could this message of Joel to the people of Judah also be a message for you and for me? Could this also be something that we need to pay attention to? Tenemos nosotros que prestar atención a este reto. Now, I want to be careful. I want to be careful because I think there can be a danger in pointing at any one thing that has gone bad in our lives or in our world and saying, ah, there's the judgment of God. Hay un peligro en eso, en señalar algún mal y decir, ahí está el juicio de Dios. I mean, bad things happen in our world, but bad things happen for a number of reasons. Everything bad that happens is not necessarily the judgment of God. We need to be very careful on that. No todas las cosas malas que ocurren son juicio de Dios. We have a whole book in the Bible dedicated to helping us with that. It's called the book of Job, right? Tenemos el libro de Job. Bad things happened to Job. He lost his crops. He lost his house. He lost his kids. He lost his health. And everybody said, ah, look, there's the judgment of God. It wasn't the judgment of God. God was up to something else. So we need, I think, to be careful. It can be easy uh, when we're trying to care for someone to say, ah, that bad thing, that car accident, God's judgment. Not necessarily. But at the same time, I don't think we need to just write off the idea either. At the same time, we can't just, you know, laugh it off and 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 mock it and say, well, oh, no, God doesn't judge anymore. That you know it just doesn't happen. And we farse de eso. Author C. S. Lewis said something interesting that I think might apply to this whole question. Uh he's a Christian author from from a about 67 years ago he said this he, says, he said in our day and age we laugh at honor we laugh at the idea of being honorable and truthful and, and people of integrity and we laugh so much at it we're shocked when we find traitors in our midst when we find dishonest people we laugh at honor and we're shocked when there are dishonorable people around us. What was he saying? He's saying, be careful not to mock certain things, not to make light of things. No debemos tomar a la ligera ciertas cosas. So here's the thing. I think in our day and age, it is quite easy to write off the judgment of God. Oh, you know, God's so kind. He's so loving. He's just this fluffy little cotton ball of love. He's wonderful, God would never judge. Ah. We mock the judgment of God. We mock the holiness of God. We mock the righteousness of God. And then we are surprised when we find stuff going on in our world that is worthy of God's judgment. Nos burlamos de las cosas de Dios y de su santidad. Después nos cae como choque que hay cosas del mundo que son terribles. So I'm going to ask the question again. Could God be challenging us through this warning in Joel chapter 1 with the same kind of warning that he gave the people of Judah? Podría ser una advertencia para nosotros? Now, maybe there's not any one thing that we can point at and say, "Uh ah, there's the judgment of God. But what about a bunch of things? Y de una multitud de cosas. Could it be that God might be trying to get our attention through a worldwide pandemic, through multiple droughts? Through mass shootings all over the place. Through food shortages. Podría estar llamando la atención Dios por medio de cosas eh, como escasez de comida, una pandemia, sequías y tal. Could God be warning us? Through wars that are happening in our day and age and global economic instability and gas prices through the roof and silly things like even baby formula shortages and crazy stuff like that. Podría estar advirtiéndonos Dios por medio de guerras y y, y cosas así, uh, inestabilidad económica. What about increased racial tension and, and political polarization and, and, and all kinds of things going on in our world Like increasing crime rate ¿Qué de, de, de las divisiones políticas y, y de las tensiones raciales? Could it be? That through rampant sexual immorality Rampant sexual confusion Rampant drug and alcohol abuse Rampant mental illness Rampant homelessness Homicide, suicide, genocide, infanticide God might be saying something Podría ser que Dios nos esté diciendo algo por medio de todas estas tragedias These aren't just one or two isolated things. This is a swarm. The locusts are among us. Están las langostas por todas partes. Now you can laugh at it if you want, but what God would say rather is we ought to be weeping. We ought to be crying. It should break our hearts to see this junk going on in our world because that's what breaks the heart of God. So could it be that God's trying to open our eyes up and say, cry, cry out. Puede que Dios nos esté abriendo los ojos para decir, don't just cry for these things, cry out to me. clamming a me. When Israel left Egypt and they were free and they entered the promised land, God made it very clear. I don't know how much more clear he could have been. Deuteronomy chapter 28, 38. twenty-eight thirty-eight. 28, 38. This is what God says as the people are going into the promised land. He speaks to Moses this message. And basically he's saying, if you go into this beautiful land and, and I give you all these blessings and you turn away from me, here's what's going to happen. Eso es lo que va a pasar si me dan la espalda. You will sow much seed in the field, but you will harvest little because locusts, will devour it. Sembrarás en tus campos mucho, pero cosecharás poco porque las langostas devorarán tus plantíos. Right there. You make light of me, you'll have the locusts. Be sure of it. In Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 13, Segundo de Crónicas this is after Solomon had built and dedicated the temple in Jerusalem, the first temple. This God speaks, he appears in his glorious cloud in the temple and he says this in verse 13, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land cuando yo cierre los cielos para que no llueva o o, ordene a la langosa que devore la tierra o envíe peste sobre mi pueblo si mi pueblo que lleva mi nombre se humilla y ora y me busca y abandona su mala conducta escucharé desde el cielo perdonaré su pecado y restauraré su tierra God pointed them to what would happen, but he also pointed them towards the solution. When you see the locusts among you, it means it's time to cry out. It's time to seek me. Cuando vean las langosas es hora de buscarme. Come to me. Come to my house. Well, the people of Judah, in Joel's time, they had just built a new house, the temple of God, Los de el templo. they had a temple but maybe they weren't going to it maybe they were just kind of passing it by on their way to work and God's saying now is the time to cry cry for the things that are going on that are not the way they should be cry out to me por las cosas que no son como deben ser y clamen a but then in Joel chapter 1, verse 19, there's one other thing. Joel 1 19. Joel speaks up and he says, To you, Lord, I call, for fire has devoured the open pastures and flames have burned up all the trees of the field. To you, Lord, I call. In other words, it would seem. Joel is not waiting for everybody else to go to the temple. He's not waiting for a swarm of people to stream into God's house and get on their knees and seek God. Él no espera que vaya un enjambre de personas al templo de Dios. He's not looking at that. He doesn't see that. Joseph says, I don't know about them, but I'm going to call to you, God. I'm going to call to you. Yo voy a clamarte, Señor. Joel's just one person. solo una persona. I'm just one person. You're just one person. Yo soy una persona, son una persona, cada What difference could it possibly make that we cry out to God? We're just, we're tiny. We're like little tiny locusts in the big picture of it all, aren't we? Somos como pequeñas langostas. Nothing. One little locust is nothing to be afraid of. Una langosta no da miedo. But what if you get two locusts together? And then four, and then eight, and then 16, and 32, and 64, and 128, and I don't know how to count from there. But what if you get a bunch of locusts together? Then you've got a swarm. Y que hay si hay dos, cuatro, eh, ocho, dieciséis, etc., what if there were people swarming to call out to God to say, God, wake us up. Wake up your church, God. We're in the middle of a church that is asleep, a middle of a church where we've got celebrity pastors and sexual abuse, and, and we aren't even trying to reach our neighbors, and we're staying safe. We're playing it safe. God, wake us up. You know what that's called? That's called prayer for revival. This is oración por el avivamiento. So when we see the the multiple locusts around us, this is really an opportunity. It's Yeah, it's a warning, but it's an opportunity to seek God, to call out for Him, to weep for the stuff that is not the way it should be, and to ask God for His kingdom to come, for things to be the way they should be. Cuando veamos las langosas, debemos clamar a Dios para las cosas, para que cambie. And that all begins with one. It begins with one. Not me, not you, but another one. It begins with this one who on the day of the Lord cried out to God for you and me. And el día del Señor. On the day of the Lord, the day of God's judgment over sin, the day of God's punishment of sin, he cried out to God for us, even as he took upon himself the punishment of that sin. That's Jesus. It's Jesus. You see, God calls us to go to the new temple and to seek him. And that new temple is Jesus. Jesus is el nuevo templo. On the cross, he cried out to God for us. He was the only one that could. He was the only one that would. He cried out for our mercy. He cried out for our forgiveness. And he gave up the temple of his body and it was destroyed. But on the third day, God rebuilt the temple. rose. He arose from the dead resucitó de los muertos and he did that, why? so now when you and I cry out to God our cry does not fall on deaf ears God hears our cry through Jesus who's cried out for us Dios escucha nuestro clamor por medio de Jesús, that's the good news of the gospel the good news is that the day of the Lord doesn't have to be a day of judgment if we hide behind the one who was judged for us. El So, we live in challenging times. The locusts are all around us. But the opportunity is clear. There's an opportunity. Hay una and, and I want to simply say that if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ, if you have not cried out to Him to be your Lord, to be your Savior and Deliverer, if you've not come to Him like these young people did today, today can be that day that you make that happen. That you call upon Him and ask Him to be your Savior, your Lord, your friend. This can be the day of the Lord in a good way for you. And I want to invite you, encourage you to do that. If you need somebody to talk to, I'm Available to talk to anybody about crying out to Jesus Christ. Enter God's temple by entering into a relationship with Jesus. Entrar al templo de Dios en una relación con Jesús. It's not too late. It's not too late. That's the good news. But the time to cry out It's today. It's now. La hora de clamar es ahora. So let's do that together. I invite you to pray. Lord, everywhere we go in your word, we can find Jesus. And we have been blessed to, to see Jesus through these scriptures today gracias por mostrarnos a Jesus en esta palabra hoy thank you for this inspired part of your word may we take to heart the invitation to wake up we pray for revival in the church we pray for revival in our culture, in our society, in our world buscamos avivamiento en la iglesia nuestra sociedad y nuestro mundo and may revival start with us if there's someone here that has never cried out to Jesus Christ, may today be the day they cry out and say, Here I am, Lord. Come into my life. Change everything, please, because I need change. It's not working anymore. Thank you, Lord, for this day that we celebrate so much, the hope we see in our young people grabbing on to this message, we pray that we can tell it to our children and to our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren that the generations to come will not just hear about the locusts, they will hear about the one who's cried out for them, Jesus. Que podamos contar a nuestros hijos y a las generaciones que por nosotros, el Señor Jesús. It's in his name that we pray. And we all together cry out and we say to you, Lord, thank you. And all God's people say, Amen.